just dropped an Everlast lyric on my guy, Sheldon Alexander. That's how you know we're about to start recording. You killed it. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. This is, what is this? Episode 224. 224. Mm-hmm. 224. That is more than a few. It is. It is. Just off the hop. We had something happen in the mentions last night, Sheldon. Oh. That we have to talk about. Corey okay. Johnson. Okay. Tweeted at you and I, mm-hmm. my favorite part of the challenge each week is Danny McRae mentioning his wife Kiki every five minutes. I laugh every time. I was busy at work, so I wasn't like really focused. So I just like replied, not noticing that Corey had tagged both the challenge and Danny. Okay. So, so I replied, he's like the chance the rapper of reality TV. I love my wife because mm-hmm. <laughs> chance yes. the rapper last album the big criticism was every song was about how much he loves his wife and listen it's good and dare i say important that you love your wife (laughs) i just don't know that we need to hear it every episode of the challenge and i'm not sure that we need to hear it on every chance the rapper uh album or excuse me song but the best part is that danny liked it and then his wife liked both (laughs) they both liked both danny and kiki liked the tweets to the point that Corey then replied to himself, dead that both Danny and Kiki liked this. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, yeah. so this all happened, that was Wednesday night, I was mm-hmm. at work. So, and my job does not allow me to watch the challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> while I'm working. I mean, yeah. I probably could, but it would impact my ability to do my job well. So I watched the challenge Thursday morning and that interaction and Danny seemingly liking my very mild joke about him being like Chance the Rapper mm-hmm. colored my impression of this episode. So I was like, I like Danny a lot more. Than <laughs> Not that I ever disliked him, but no, it just, I know what you're it saying. Yeah. A little bit where I'm like, oh, he's kind of cool. Maybe mm-hmm. Kiki's kind of cool too. All I know about her is that he works really hard to impress her and i'm not even sure if that's even the best way to put it he's very concerned about what kiki thinks yeah that's his partner man that's a great partnership it sounds like and danny definitely strikes me as a guy that spent the summer of i'm gonna get the year messed up but maybe it was the summer of 2018 I know the two years of the pandemic was a blur, but my point is he definitely spent one of those summers around that time seeing Kiki, do you love me? (laughs) Like he definitely woke up every morning singing that to his wife, no doubt. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And I saw that interaction going down and thought it was really funny. And it's also a thing where, I mean, we got a bunch of comments about, uh, stuff with Danny as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll get there or maybe I'll just read them right now. Cause we got a bunch of comments. So we want to go on the comments. Cause there's some about uh, Danny for sure. Um, I got one here that says this one is from our YouTube page, which again, I'll start by saying reminder, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get the, the podcast, send us in your comments and questions. Cause we love reading them here on the pod each and every week. Uh, This is from Speaking the Truth 96 says, so far as a Kiki thing goes, 
Desi said in an interview that he genuinely loves his wife and talks about her in the house a lot too. So it's not a bit or a concentrated effort to mention her. He just adores his wife. I don't see why that's a problem or why people seem to be upset about it. Even in fan groups, there's at least one person a week who's quote annoyed by it. I second that. I, I agree with that. I know we've talked about it a bit on this show. Like each week we talk about it. Like, yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. We get it. To me, it's funny because it's like my guy's happy. And maybe just maybe some of the people who are, you know, annoyed by his professing of his love, just wish that they could have the same vibes as Danny and Kiki deep down, deep down. Maybe that's what's behind. I don't know, but maybe. You know, I will say, and like, I know I make fun of it, but that's mm-hmm. because like, I think it's just like, it's just like we make fun of Leo talking about his cats all the time. And I want to sure. be clear, Leo talking about his cats all the time is weird. Mm-hmm. Loving your wife is not weird. It's just <laughs> part of part of what's worked against Danny is early on in this season, he's like, I promised I wasn't going to mention Kiki a lot. And then he like proceeded to talk about her constantly. Yeah. Like I'm not hating on him for loving his wife. It's good. And I also think it's probably good relationship practice. If you were a, a professional athlete mm-hmm. that is like traveling around the world. Well, NFL doesn't travel around the world. You know what I mean? Travel yeah, on yeah. the road a lot. And like a lot of temptation out there. Mm-hmm. If you're a professional athlete traveling and then on like reality TV, like it's probably good. Like the best defense is a good offense kind of thing. <laughs> like constantly mention your wife. Like, have you seen or, or hold heard? on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to interrupt you right here. Why can't on. my guy just love his wife? Why I, does it I, have to be I do think like, he loves his wife. No, no, no. But I love the whole like deep dive breakdown of maybe he's being proactive because as a pro athlete, he's all over the place. And, you know, the best defense is a good offense. Like, yeah. As you're saying all that, it's like, yeah, that's true. Or maybe he just really loves her. <laughs> I mean, it can be both. They're not mutually true. exclusive. No, no, no. Very true. Have I you, just found it funny. I just found it funny. That's all. Have you ever seen or heard the Burt Kreischer stand-up routine, the, uh, the Machine? No. No. I won't. You should listen to it, and our okay. listeners should listen to it. Just look up Burt Kreischer, the Machine. Okay. But it's super funny. It's like a 10-minute like stand-up routine. And it's going to become a movie. Like, they've already filmed it. Okay. Uh, And in any event, in the midst of that, he Mm -hmm. talks about how uh, he's never cheated on his wife and he never wants to cheat on his wife. And so he's going to be proactive about it. So he's like, if I ever think a woman is going to hit on me, I'm just going to shout in her face, I love my wife. Or Mm -hmm. I'm not cheating on my wife. Even if he's misreading the situation, he's like, I'm just going to like be so aggressive with it that like I will ruin any chances I ever have I'm not saying that's what Danny's doing I'm just saying it's like it's good policy to be very because like the flip side is like I think we've all had people in our lives who are like we'll be dating someone and like they never mention their significant other or like even I know of a person who has a wife okay and like she's never on social media and he will be speaking to other women even flirtatiously and like doesn't mention it yeah yeah Hmm. so like okay what danny is doing is far preferable to any of this 
And also, to your point, he might just love his wife. He might just love Kiki. Yes. Um, a couple more comments here before we get to this episode. Can we roll through here? Uh, yeah. Erica says, damn, I feel like I have to come to Leo's defense a little bit. I watched him on The Amazing Race, and he was a really good competitor. He and his cousin also made the finals for at least one of the seasons. FYI, his team's nickname was the Afghanimals. I don't think he was trying to talk himself up in that instance. I think he was just name-checking his old team on The Amazing Race. Mm. I'm actually going to miss Leo because I think he had potential to do well. I feel really bad for him because... I think he felt hurt. He got thrown in, not to mention it was his third time. And I think he got really hurt too, based on what I saw on Twitter. I think we should cut him some slack. I'm just going to read a couple more. Um, Leo wasn't a poor sport. He had a concussion. This is from red is not a flavor. Cool. Um, Leo wasn't a poor sport. He had a concussion and went to the hospital. He would have come back out if he could, according to one of his exit interviews, uh, Jack, uh, replied to that message and said, this is true. He got hurt bad and he didn't want him to move for a while. Um, I'll say this much. Okay. Cause I went in on Leo last week, calling him a poor sport saying it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And you know what? Even with this information, I stand by it because that's not my fault. Like, here's the thing. How am I supposed to know that without like, I'm just going off what I see. And so then if, they decide to cut the episode and my guy has a concussion and he literally can't get up to go. Why wouldn't they put that in the episode? Yeah. Why wouldn't they let us know that? Why wouldn't they say, Oh, Leo's a bit banged up, blah, blah. blah. And I'll understand. Like if you think protecting concussions, <laughs> right. Protecting, you know, the viewpoint of someone watching it. Is this really safe? Is that whatever? If you think protecting that is more important than giving a, a fake storyline to make it look like my guy was really a sore sport or a poor sport, however you want to phrase it. That's on the show. That's not on me watching it as a viewer. I'm reacting off what I saw. And what I saw was a very poor sport being a suck behind the scenes. So I stand by my statement. Was he concussed? Possibly. I've had concussions before. I take those seriously. Definitely understand that, John. I know you as well as someone who's played like high level sports has also, you know, suffered concussions. So I'm not making a, a joke of that. What I am saying though, is that they could have handled that in a way very easily that would have made it not look like he was such a poor sport and a suck when he lost. Yeah. And like, sometimes it takes a while to um, diagnose a concussion, but also they do the like post interviews like the next day. So they have a little time on that end. And also what's to stop them from throwing up a card that says <laughs> it was later revealed that Leo was concussed to shit. <laughs> like, but they don't even point, have to get that deep. They could have just said like Leo's having Leo's injured and he's being looked at by the medical staff. He's okay, but he's just being looked at by the medical staff. Also oftentimes with um, when TJ has explained the rules or, or whatever, oftentimes they do an ADR like they oftentimes clearly do have TJ do a voiceover well after the fact mm -hmm. so there's nothing to stop them from having like the shot where TJ's like over TJ's shoulder facing the group 
there's nothing to stop them from having that shot and having him be like, oh, he needed medical attention and like making it look like it was said at the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally got you. One more comment. One more comment. Um, this from eyeball three parts here says Danny mentioning his wife every time I would think that would bother me, but it doesn't because it's coming off as genuine. I don't think his life revolves around his partner. Sports guys are known for not only knowing about their sport and no other facts or trivia that add to their personalities. <laughs> okay. Also says reading the comments here. I don't feel bad for Leo. He's got his girl, his three bars, and he's on TV. He's good. <laughs> and the last part of this message is, I didn't point this out, but I agree. LL Cool J's Head Sprung is the best trash song. It's awful, but it is without a doubt a banger, <laughs> which I was trying to articulate last week. Like, it's not a great song. Like, LL, like that era of LL, like, come on, man. But that beat, that Timbo beat is fuego fire. Well, and that was that was when Timbaland was at his like height, like 2001 two, or 2000 uh, to like so 2005. Sure. Like his work with Justin Timberlake, mm -hmm. with Jay Z, with Missy Elliott, mm -hmm. his own solo stuff, yeah. and and LL Cool J, like Timbaland and Nelly Furtado, like he was yes. rushing it. Yeah, I I feel like I've spoken about this on a much older episode of you killed it because we have been doing this for a while now um 224 if, if you ever have the chance to watch the jay-z documentary fade to black <laughs> there is a scene where um timbaland is pitching different beats and like he's pitching ultimately he's pitching dirt off your shoulder yeah but there is so they're in Timbaland's studio in, I guess, Virginia. And in his studio, he just has a table covered with food. And my guy eats so much of the food while having a conversation. Like he like unwraps a banana and eats it without biting it. Like he just like <laughs> the entire thing, he's drinking like an entire gallon of juice. Mm -hmm straight from the bottle and like crushes it in the span of a 10 minute conversation like he is putting away food at an olympic level and like it's incredible to watch as he's creating an amazing song yeah it's <laughs> just watch it for that scene you know have you seen also that? You know the yeah, yeah i mean fate to black was like the pre-drink um uh, playlist for lack of a better term or the pre the pregame you know before when you're getting ready to go out like you go back to those days where it's like you know you're about you're getting ready you throw something on get your hype that was fade to black for the longest time so yes i've seen that i had too many times it count um <laughs> but i'll say that scene and the uh scene with uh rick rubin yes. Rick rubin scene might be my favorite scene from that yeah. just because it's like so incredible like on so many angles i don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it but essentially i mean if you're a music fan you should know or be familiar with rick rubin because i mean he's just has hits in like every different genre but i feel like that jz uh doc was a great introduction to a different age group 
and also to a different genre of music for people who might not know Rick Rubin's history with the Beastie Boys, we'll say, you know, yeah. so I think that was really cool. And just seeing his house and the the vibe and like, <laughs> you know, how for 99 Problems was a song that Rick Rubin did for Jay-Z on that album. But uh, just how Rick Rubin was the one that walks in to like the foyer where Jay's getting a haircut. And he's like, wait, what if we started this song acapella where you kind of say, you know, if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but I chain one. And then boom, the beat kicks in. And Jay's like, hmm, I like that. I like that. Meanwhile, that's like the hardest shit ever. Right? <laughs> it's just like Rick Rubin walking in like, hmm, what if, you know, I, I love that scene for so many different reasons, but. Rick Rubin's yeah. on a different level. Someone else who's on a different level is Cache, which is probably a segue <laughs> no one has seen coming. Wow. Well played. You, Maybe they were bumping to head sprung on the boat, right? I, boat I hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. I have to say, so mm. I, I'm really enjoying, enjoying the Challenge USA. I think that could oh, okay. I like the format a lot and i'd love to see the format the same format with like a regular season of the challenge okay and like a lot of the people have grown on me i feel like there's a couple people that we haven't really gone to know yet like i feel like desi and justine i haven't really caught their personalities yet mm -hmm. cache has more i would just like to say there's a lot of beautiful people on the show desi might be like the top of that list she is yeah. like stunningly beautiful absolutely but my perhaps number one criticism mm -hmm. of this season is no one's really like crushing it on confessionals like i haven't there haven't been like a lot of good one-liners mm -hmm. until this episode where there are so many funny lines and i don't yeah. know what changed like i don't know if they got a new producer that like or they like figured out how to egg these people on more. Mm -hmm. But your girl Cache opens up with, you put me on a boat, I'm going to act up, which is just like <laughs> a great life motto and like something I aspire to. Mm -hmm. But then she immediately slams the brakes on and says, I'm just living, laughing and loving, which is live, laugh, love is one of my least favorite phrases and something that I would love to see eliminated from our culture as like an expression except the other night Cinnabon said live laugh rolls which I'm on board with on Twitter but otherwise let's guys like say no to live laugh love like be better than that be more original than using that phrase it's such I was gonna say it's such a home sense thing to do and I realize that maybe a lot of our listeners don't know what home sense is mm -hmm. but in any event be better be uh, yeah, I was very, I had a lot of questions about this boat party. I wanted to know what music was being played. I wanted to know what everyone else was doing while Cache, uh, Desi and Justine were getting down. Cause I feel like, you know, I need, I'm, I'm about vibes. I want to know what the vibe was that had some of the people, you know, up and having a good time. Other people just sitting down chilling. Not that you can't do both. Of course you could do both, but I'm just very interested in that, you know? Um, but this is where we got the full-on breakdown of the Fab Five. Not to be confused with Jalen Rose and Chris Weber's Fab Five, but this Fab Five of Justine, Cache, Desi, Sarah, and Kayla. What a crew. 
But basically, we're finding out here the 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 clear divide between those five women and then Alyssa and Angela, who haven't been working with any of them. And my line of the episode comes out very quickly because Angela says in her confessional, she says, so far, Sarah has been all bark and no bite. But I think before you call yourself fabulous, you should probably qualify for the final. I think that's a bar. I think that is a factual statement. And I definitely agree. And this whole episode centers around that dynamic of the women in the house. And I would like to say that I like everyone involved in this, except for Sarah. Sarah, the way that Sarah handled this whole episode to me was the worst. And we're going to get into a full-on breakdown of what happens, obviously. But the thing that, for, for me, that I think Angela and Alyssa definitely understood was it's cool that you five women think that you're getting together and, you know, there's power in your numbers. It's cool that you think that. There's also a bunch of guys in the house that also represent numbers that you should probably want to include somehow in your alliance because it doesn't make sense. And that's the part I didn't get. And I felt like it became high school once we got to the breakdown of Ben was friends with Sarah, but Sarah doesn't like the fact that Ben now hangs out with Angela. So Sarah got the other girls together to try to go at Angela. And Ben doesn't like Sarah's new friends. And Sarah doesn't like that Ben is still hanging out with Angela. And to me, Sarah created this whole thing that didn't need to be at all. Your thoughts, my friend. There's only one person that's thinking clearly in the house right now. That's Kiki's husband. Because he says, this is a women's elimination week. I don't have enough money to go into the final yet. I got to go all out to win because then I qualify. Like this is a low risk, high reward situation. This is must win for Danny. And he's totally right. Mm -hmm. He's like, and I'm not going to get into all this. He does get into all of this, but (laughs) he's totally right. And the other thing is that, I mean, well, let's get to it now. So the daily challenge is called collect for a little twist unconnect for mm-hmm. uh, so they have to run around a 60,000 seat soccer stadium getting tokens in their color to play in giant games of connect for um, I didn't appreciate this until Tyson pointed out Enzo is currently the number one money winner yeah. <laughs> and he has more money than Tyson and Tyson says I don't like being in a room with uh, people who have more money than me that's why I go to bad restaurants, which again, when did Tyson get funny? <laughs> like this is yeah. such a weird episode where suddenly everyone was clever and like more of this, please for the producers. So immediately Angela and Alyssa are like, well, we're just like, as soon as they realize that sabotage is at play, cause you can sabotage other people by putting down a black token. Mm-hmm. like, Oh, we're just going to go after Sarah. <laughs> like We're just going to make it so Sarah cannot play. Mm-hmm. And then she's gone. And then she's going straight into elimination. Like, ideal scenario. And, like, that's just good, good gameplay. And then Sarah goes full Karen. 
and starts demanding that everyone else do something about this for her. Yeah. What did you think of this, Sheldon? It was one of the worst moments <clears throat> that someone could have on this entire season of the Challenge USA. That montage of Sarah just unraveling was just a chef's kiss, a great work by the producers and editors to make her just look so rattled. Like Karen, I didn't even like the link that you just made of a Karen was so perfect because she's just so whiny and it was very much like she was telling on Angela to everybody like, oh my gosh, do you believe it? Angela's trying to put all the pieces on mine. So we have to get her back. And it's like, isn't this the game? Like, didn't you talk about the Fab Five and how you guys were going to try to get her? So because she's doing that to you and doing a better job of it, now you're mad? I'm confused. I don't get it. I don't understand. But that is a double standard that Karen's live in, right? Well, that's, I mean, we could we could spend an entire podcast talking <laughs> about Karen culture. But basically, like, the idea that everyone has the same investment level as, and your specific concerns your specific issues mm -hmm. i think i think it was dominic i'll have to check my notes but i think it was dominic that said um oh it was enzo excuse me <laughs> enzo says this is my line of the episode because mm -hmm. <laughs> i low-key kind of love enzo sarah is like running around being a karen telling everyone like you, got, you gotta help me you gotta do something about this and enzo goes yo i got you i got you I just go to my board and I'm not getting involved in none of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause like she is trying to get everyone to turn on Angela and it's like, this is where, again, the fatal flaw of what Sarah as a ringleader miss messed up. Totally. Yeah. There's she also guys in the house. Why would the guys want to sabotage Angela? Yeah. Oh, which like okay so you sabotage angela like play it out like sarah has the inability to put herself in other people's shoes but play it out okay i back up sarah mm -hmm. even though i mean sarah presumably doesn't know about this alliance but like you back up sarah that means next week men's elimination you have to deal with a pissed off uh, possibly angela possibly Alyssa, mm -hmm. certainly tyson yeah. Or you can mind your business and just try your hardest to win, which no exactly. one can get mad at you for trying your best. Like no one got mad. Danny is the eventual winner of the men. Mm -hmm. No one can get mad at Danny for putting himself first. Cause like, yeah. that's the name of the game. Also at one point, Sarah says people, she goes, unfortunately people cannot comprehend this. <laughs> Talk about how like people, don't understand the strategy that's at play here. Sarah doesn't understand. There's a difference between understanding, like there's a difference between comprehension and caring. Yeah. Like we can use Enzo as an example. Enzo understood completely what she was saying. He just didn't care. <laughs> like it doesn't, and, it doesn't it, affect him. And in reality, the only one that did care was Kayla, right? Which yeah. goes back to a conversation they showed earlier in the episode where it was Desi and Justine, you know, talking about how they were on the side of Sarah, but at the same time, it sounds like they like Angela. 
And if anything, the only reason they would be against Angela is because they're worried about going against her in the final, which makes total sense. Totally understand that. I get it. But it sounds like they genuinely like Angela. Like they were talking yeah. about how I, I forget if it was, I think it was Justine that was like, I mean, she's essentially like perfect. Like the way when God was making her blah, 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 blah. And they're playing it up. But when you peel back the layers, it's like you could tell they don't have an actual issue with Angela. Meanwhile, Sarah, clearly this is personal, right? Yeah. And like, even I want to say Cache, when she talked about Angela, there's a lot of things that she was saying. And at the end of the episode, Cache said something along the lines of like, you know, we know how men get like tricked in the game. Like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to the effect of men getting mesmerized by the good looking woman. And it's like, really, is that what's going on? Or if I'm running a final, I would rather go with the stronger competitor. So it makes yeah. more sense for me to want to ride with someone that might help me win money in the final, as opposed to someone who might not be able to swim. And I'd be partnered yeah. with them because history tells me that the final there's going to be a point where you're partnered with someone of the opposite sex. Yeah. Just how the show goes. So, I mean, I like the way that Desi and Justine were kind of playing it where they were like leaving it to gameplay more so trying to understand what was happening. But at the end of the day, it wasn't about like personal caddy, like high school drama, if that makes sense. I yeah, it makes total sense. And there's three moments where everyone's sort of saying, like, I'll, so Kayla says in confessional, I don't really get the strategy of getting one of the strongest females to lose so she goes into elimination because she's going to want you in, says Kayla, mm -hmm. of Sarah being eliminated. Missing the point. And mm -hmm. then, you know, afterwards, when TJ is, you know, congratulating Danny and Desi on winning, Sarah goes on a monologue in front of everyone about how like she's gonna call down like Angela and Alyssa and like well, and then Danny in confessional goes, it's a little weird that she think things are automatically going to go her way because it takes two, mm -hmm. which is again to like my use of the phrase Karen, is true. Like Karen seem to think that they're the main character and don't realize that other people have their own issues, concerns, motivations. Yeah, like there's there's more going on about privilege and entitlement, but like that's a central thing, and Danny's point is perfectly well made. Sarah, just because you want it doesn't mean you're gonna get it, and like yeah. your interests are not the same as everyone else. So we have the conversation where Danny and Desi and Sarah are in like the little deliberation room, mm -hmm. and Sarah asks for Angela or Alyssa, and like, no. Like, that is not in Danny's best interest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, And in theory, like, is it even in the best interest of Desi? Right? Because... I'm not convinced it is. Here's the thing, right? Like, if you're Desi and you, you play this out, if you were to, you know, argue... First off, first off, the part that I think wasn't emphasized enough was the relationship between Danny and Desi. Right? Like, they're cool. Within the yeah, house, they friends. have a... Yeah, they're friends. They have a good partnership. They they ride for each other. Now, while this other alliance may have been made, Danny is still going to look out for Desi. 
Desi, you got to give her a lot of credit because she, although this whole plan to, you know, make it this Angela versus Sarah thing, the other women should be trying to win as well so that they don't go into the elimination, right? And Desi was the only one to kind of figure that part of it out that while Sarah was trying to make it all about her and all about Angela, it's like, wait a second, I got to look out for what's best for me. And so listening to Sarah just trying to push her own narrative, which also I don't really believe. I don't think Sarah really wanted the smoke of going in with Angela and they edited the clip you could tell they did, but she says at one point, you know, Angela has all this money, but then she says, but it's not all about the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that right there told me that she didn't really want the smoke of going in against Angela. And I don't blame her for that. Why would you want to go in against Angela? Go in, get the easy dub, get your, your trip to the final locked in. And why would you want to go in against Angela? That's ego talking. And that's her just hyping herself up because she just came off a week in which she was talking about going in against a dude in a hall brawl and all that trash that we didn't believe. And then now, like, I'm also not going to believe that you wanted to go in to an elimination against Angela. I don't believe it. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up last week. Sarah was talking all kinds of nonsense, literal Mm -hmm. nonsense about how she needs she needs to go into elimination she needs to get that money she needs to get that money so she can run the final and then i mean i even said last week like the thing to do is throw the daily competition so you're guaranteed to go in and yet then she's mad that she's going in automatically like she's getting what she was asking for last week mm-hmm. only in a more realistic setting rather than yeah. doing a hot brawl against enzo <laughs> and like here here it is and like i mean we can get to it danny puts danny and desi put in cachet mm-hmm. probably the weakest of the women that are left at this point yep and uh they have to do their put in these i don't know what to call them but beyond giant gerbil wheels yeah and it's a race to see who can get uh, a ball that's attached to the cable between the two gerbil wheels to their side first. It's essentially sort of a race version of tug of war. And uh, Sarah wins, which is unfortunate for us <laughs> and all viewers everywhere. But Danny says, and he's right, well, this is what you wanted. Like you wanted to get the money so that you can run the final. You've got it now yeah it's not wrong like it's not like he did her a tremendous disservice exactly exactly i think if sarah was thinking about this from a good point of view like a really smart strategic point of view she got exactly what she would have wanted right you have your safety you have your money to go into the the final now and you you did it against cachet like i understand that you think you're friends with cachet and i get that and totally cool but in reality why would you there's no way that it would have made more sense for you to go against uh uh angela in the final or in this elimination why would you want to do that that's not smart gameplay at all that's just a lot of talk and angela was totally right there is all bark no bite from sarah just talking too much it's just all this all that 
And I felt like there was a, a mean girl aspect to what Sarah was doing to Alyssa and Angela. Like, I just thought it was super awkward and super weird. But end of the day, Sarah's still around for now. Um, she did a good job to give her credit for winning, right? Like, cool, you, you beat Cache. It took Cache a while to figure out how to make the actual uh, wheel spin. Um, but yeah, I, I just think this was an important thing for people who might be new to the show, the challenge. It was important for people to understand like the different angles of the game because for the women, maybe Sarah is right. Putting in Angelo is a move because a strong woman then goes home from the women's side of things, right? Now, also too, if I firmly believed that Sarah wanted to go in against Angela, I'd be giving her a lot more credit because we talk about it all the time. You have a beef with someone, you want the smoke, handle your business yourself. Cool. But I don't fully believe that she wanted to do that either, right? So I thought that was interesting. But to, to round out the whole thing here, the guy's point of view said this again. I got to emphasize this. History tells us that at some point in the final, you're going to have to do something with a partner. And so if you're the guys, you undoubtedly do not want to be having to do some swimming thing with cachet. You just can't have that. Cause if you are no. partnered with her in that, and it's a swimming portion of the final, you will lose. So you would want Angela to stay and you would want Sarah to stay. Right. So that's where I, I think it makes so much sense. If you're you dating any other guys. Sorry to interrupt. I would flip it. I wouldn't want to partner with Sarah. She might be physically capable more mm -hmm. so than say cache. Mm -hmm. She is not cool under pressure. <laughs> True. Right. Like you, we've seen this, like the people that have sustained success on the challenge are calm and level headed in the final, like sort of one of the ways that CT flipped the script is he went from being a huge dick that was like a monster to be a partner with, like monster in the bad way, to being like someone that all the women enjoyed being partnered with because he was just like quiet, positive, supportive. Even when he didn't like the person and was annoyed with them, yeah. he kept it to his internal monologue. Do you think Sarah's capable of that? No. Mm -hmm. Like if you're Enzo or Dominic, like, probably the two least impressive men left in the house right now. Do you want to be doing like partner work with Sarah under pressure with money on the line? Yeah. No. That would like, that would be a horrible experience. Right. And like, I'm not convinced that she's that great. Like there's a, I mean, to Angela's point of like all bark, no bite. There's not actually a lot of evidence that Sarah is this amazing competitor. Right, like she has won two eliminations, mm -hmm. I think. The two that come to mind, she beat Cache, who couldn't even figure out how to get the wheel going, and that might be because Cache was too light. But yeah, it's neither here nor there. It was not a super impressive dominant victory. And then, didn't she win when she was partnered up with Leo? Leo. And frankly, Leo is the one who figured out how to do that elimination. Correct. So like she's not, she hasn't blown me away. And maybe I'm underestimating her, but I don't think I am. I have a uh, tweet to read, however. Mm -hmm. Mandy Alperin, better known as Blazer Girl 77, 
Long time. Long listener. time listener. <laughs> we did that in unison. Oh, I feel so close to you. Mandy says, whoever came up with the title of this week's challenge episode, nevertheless, she persisted, deserves a bonus. Just saying, I doubt Trump voter Sarah is going to love an episode title about her being an Elizabeth Warren quote. Well played, producers. And I'm not sure that I have more to add to what Mandy said. I just thought it was a very good point, and I enjoyed it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of Sarah in this episode, and there's part of me that thinks about, you know, I wonder what the edit's actually like. You know, is the edit making her look bad? But at the end of the day, she's giving a lot of material, you know, because if you think about how this episode went, there is room where Angela and Alyssa could have like flipped out and had a different reaction to, you know, because essentially Angela and Sarah have the same mentality, right? They both want to get the other one out. Mm -hmm. Now, the way that we've seen Sarah go about that as opposed to Angela going about that has been totally different. Could that be editing? I'm sure there's a world in which it could be. I just think, or maybe from watching this show a lot, if Angela was giving the same fuel, you know what I mean? The same energy, the same negativity that Sarah is showing us, we'd see that, right? The producers would show that. We haven't really seen that. Like Sarah or Angela and Alyssa's conversations are more so just like, can you believe what she's doing? Like, she's so rude about it too. Like yelling at everyone to like, listen to her and nobody's listening to her. Like, it was just really, 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 really strange. So Sarah, I think is doing herself a huge disservice um, in terms of being likable, in terms of people wanting to work with her in the house. And I'm going to, I'm going to compare her to Desi. Desi, who again, didn't really agree with Danny. At the end of the day, she thought to herself, you know what? Just suck it up and make the final. Why create drama, <laughs> right? Like I can force I can force feed this and make this a whole bigger issue. What's the point? I just won. I just got more money. I'm, I found out about what was going on with the guys, the survivor guys. I found out. Cool. Move on. Make the final. Take the dub let Sarah self-destruct. Yeah. And also, so realistically, there are, uh, I would expect that they're going to have 10 people on the final. Do you think that's fair? They have sure. 12 people left. Okay. So double elimination coming up is what you're saying. Yeah. Double elimination coming up. And that, and like, I believe there's only 11 episodes and that was episode nine. Oh, so in other words, to like, to support what you just said about Desi, you know, Alliance, it's almost at the point where alliances don't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. I should, sorry, I should add as well that I just earlier in this episode, I said that Enzo has the most money because that's based off of what Tyson said, but I'm looking yeah. at the standings. Tyson still has more than Enzo. I don't know where Tyson got that idea. Tyson has 16,000. Enzo has 11,000. Angela has 16,000. 
and hmm. Alyssa has twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, I don't know. That's I don't know weird. where where Tyson got that from. He definitely said it. In any event, don't come at me, guys. It's Tyson. <laughs> um, I have to ask you though, Sheldon, who killed it for you this episode? Do you know who killed it for me? It's Kiki. Kiki is the winner because Danny is the winner, and when Danny wins. Kiki wins. And I think Danny did a great job because he got his win. He got his money to qualify for the final. He solidified, you know, his partnership with the guys with like Dom. Dom did a good job in helping him out, but that just shows a solid forming alliance that he Mm -hmm. has. But then I also think on top of winning, he did a really good job, even though he went about it in an awkward way with Desi. And he came up with this whole plan that, hey, I got to make up this little story just to get her back on our side. And he executed it well. He's able to talk to Desi and talk to Alyssa and talk to Angela and get them to understand, hey, just put in cachet. I understand you think that's your friend, but in terms of a gameplay standpoint, this is the move to make. Because if you go against Angela and Alyssa, they have a better chance of winning then Cache does. Even if Sarah wins the following week, like Sarah's not going to come for you. Sarah's not like the attention is still going to be on Sarah. So we're here. We got to this point. Let's just ride it out. And I think that was a great job by Danny to, to maneuver his way through a difficult situation. And so when you add that with the win, you add that with the political win in the house and, and diffusing what could have been an explosive situation. Give the man credit. Danny, you win. And when you win, Kiki wins. Kiki, you killed it. I'm on the note of Kiki. I'm going to say that Danny won it. <laughs> <laughs> He's my MVP. Kiki's your MVP. Danny's my MVP. For all the reasons you stated. And like, I think most significantly, I think he's going to be able to avoid the blowback. Yeah. Like put it this way. There are now four people in the house who might be angry with him. Maybe Sarah, uh, Kayla, Justine. Can Desi really say that she's mad at Danny when she's co-signed? No. Nope. I think that's okay. And also, I think that like, if you're going to piss off anyone, it's going to be like the person you want to piss off is Sarah because she is so irrational and emotional that she's sort of easy to dismiss. Correct. Right. And to your point, now he's seen the final, he's seen, he's going to make it. He has to survive one more elimination week, Mm -hmm. presumably. And then, you know, he's in the clear and he can show us what he can do. He can bring that money home to key. Exactly. This is almost a unanimous MVP from us. Mm -hmm. We're sort of saying the same thing. Although, you know, I picked someone who's on the show to be the MVP. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And also don't forget to like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts especially on the YouTube page, just search you killed it pod. You'll see our handsome faces each and every week. There's some good conversations going on in the comment section there. And if you're watching it, bless us with a like, that's how you support the pod, support the movement. That is this, the you killed it podcast. 
blessing you each and every week. Blessing is strong, and I'm a pretty <laughs> cocky person, but I'll go with it. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Uh, back reporting on baseball. So if you want to see how your Toronto Blue Jays do in September, follow me. And I say increasingly ridiculous things, typically because I think it's going to make me laugh and maybe one or two other people. I got Sheldon to laugh at something that I tweeted the other day. What was it? I texted you about it because I was like, oh, it was about the Cardinal official and oh, the yeah. call and answer. That was, that was a tweet specifically for Sheldon and he fell for the bait like a sucker. Until, until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.